Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in The Word with us today. Our Gospel reading for this fifth Sunday of Easter comes from the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and, in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father." I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. So here we are on the fifth Sunday of Easter. I love how the church celebrates and recognizes that Easter is not just a one-day, once-a-year celebration. We get seven straight Sundays to celebrate it, to celebrate the good news that Jesus has risen. And that's a good thing, I think, because it affirms that following this Jesus who triumphed over death takes us on a journey. And the seven Sundays of Easter maps out the first few steps for that journey. The scripture we've heard in recent weeks reflects part of the journey the disciples took to live into the promise of the resurrection. In the first two Sundays after Easter, we heard that it took them a while just to digest the news. We heard about how Jesus' disciples reacted in the hours and days after Jesus' death and resurrection. How they locked themselves in a room because they were so afraid even after receiving the gift of the Spirit. How Thomas needed to see the risen Christ for himself. How those traveling on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize Jesus at first. We heard about the fear and the shock that comes with grief. And that reorienting to a new reality is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. The promise of the risen Christ and all that it means for our lives and our world takes some time to sink in. Last week's gospel and this week's help us start to wrestle with, so what does life in this world with the risen Christ look like? Last week we heard the metaphor of Jesus as the gate for the shepherd. Part of the Easter promise is that Jesus' care for us did not end with his earthly death. 
Jesus is the gate through which we have access to all the provisions we need. And this week, Jesus says it even more clearly. I am the way and the truth and the life. Life with the risen Christ shows us the way to abundant life. The thing is that we often relegate that abundant life to some distant heaven, light years away. The words that begin today's gospel give us some needed reassurance. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. I go and prepare a place for you. Jesus, the risen Christ whom we follow, promises to prepare a place for us. That's a beautiful image that invites our imagination. What kind of house awaits us in heaven? What will it be like and who might we find there? But the abundant life Jesus promises and the place that Jesus prepares for us is not only about what awaits us after this earthly life. It's also about what following Jesus means for this life here on earth too. There was an odd little article uh, published in the Washington Post this week. I'll put it in the show notes if you're interested in clicking on it to see for yourself. It starts with this custom-built mailbox belonging to Don and Nancy Powell. And this mailbox is a replica of their home in Orchard Lake Village, Michigan. Don opened this mailbox one day about eight months ago to find a doll family living inside with a sticky note that said, we've decided to live here, signed by Mary and Shelley. Now the Powells have no idea who put these dolls in their mailbox. They ask around in their neighborhood, and no one has confessed. So they left the dolls there for a few days. Apparently, the mailbox is spacious enough that they can still receive mail, but still, no one came forward, and the dolls stayed put. Soon, the dolls had acquired some furniture, an end table, a throw rug, a pillow. This mailbox was becoming quite a home. Don Powell then left a note of his own suggesting that the dolls really need a fridge stocked with food. He says the fridge was never delivered, but over the next several months, additional items mysteriously showed up. A four-poster bed, a painting, a wood-burning stove. At the appropriate time, even some Christmas decorations. Eventually, Mary and Shelley got a mailbox of their own for their new home because their tiny letters and packages were getting mixed up with the Powells. Recently, Mary and Shelley have even acquired a cat, and they show no signs of moving out. Now, as I read this story, I couldn't help but hear Jesus' words ringing in my ears. I go to prepare a place for you. Does God prepare a place for us as the Powells have prepared a place for this mystery doll family? I love the thought of being received as graciously as this doll family was by the Powells, with a lovely home awaiting me and my loved ones in heaven. And that is certainly a part of the gospel message that I just read this morning. But I think that there's also more to it. Professor Angela Parker notes that those opening words, do not let your hearts be troubled, might be better translated, do not let your collective heart be troubled. In other words, Jesus is not speaking to the disciples as individuals. He's speaking to them as a group. Or to borrow Peter's words from our first reading, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. God's people with one heart and one mission 
to carry on the work of loving and caring for one another. The work of Jesus. In a whimsical way, that's what the Powells have done for this doll family that's taken up residence in their mailbox. They have prepared a place and then welcomed even unexpected guests in need. Our call as God's people is not to live uh, under the illusion that we take care of ourselves. Our call as God's people is to prepare a place for one another, a place of welcome and hospitality, a place where we are safe and have what we need to live, maybe even a place that has some joy and some whimsy. Jesus has prepared a place for each and every one of us, not just in our heavenly home, but here and now in the community of Christ. Like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, Peter writes in First Peter, the second chapter. Let our worn spots and jagged edges come together to be the church, each of us playing a vital part integral to its structure. No longer are we a collection of mismatched rocks, but living stones built on Christ the cornerstone. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. We are formed into God's own people in order that we might proclaim the mighty acts of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light, as Peter writes, so that those who wonder if they belong Those who feel the tenuous and fleeting nature of this life, those who feel lost or left behind or left out, that they too may hear and experience God's promise, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So that all things now living can share in the joy that our story of receiving that mercy and love and belonging is their story too. The story of a God who provides for us, who promises to be our home now and in life everlasting. A God who forms us into a people with a common identity, a people who belong to God. We are this holy collection of living stones. We are the church so that we might share the good news with the world. Do not let your hearts be troubled, dear ones. We who were once not a people are now God's people, living stones called to be the church with and for each other. Thanks be to God. We hope you've been fed by the word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at the word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.